Hey guys, it's Jennifer from The Shooter's Mindset. We are live with episode 378. We have our co-host here this week, Greg Cannon. How's it going? Hey everyone. And our guests of the hour this week, we have Jeremiah Wells and Leon Weatherby. How's it going, guys? Pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. Awesome. So we'll go ahead and get started. So Jeremiah and Leon, nobody wants to hear about me and Greg because they hear about us all the time. So one at a time, can you tell... Um, for our viewers that are unfamiliar with you, tell us kind of a little bit about yourself, how you got into precision rifle shooting, and kind of how you've progressed to where you are now. I'm going to let you go first on that. Okay, that sounds good. So uh, I've been into shooting since I was young. Me and my dad just shoot quite a bit. Never anything precision. It was all windy, Kentucky windage, just playing around, shooting uh, out in the field. But uh, as I got older, I started collecting guns, building guns, shooting, going to the range, shooting at hundred yards. And it got pretty boring. I'm like, I got all these guns. I got to do something with it. So I looked into getting into the competition. So uh, I've come across NRL 22. And I decided that's what I wanted to do. I had a 1022 and I'm like, well, I need a first focal plane scope for this thing. So I uh, started doing some horse trading on an AR-15 I had. Found a guy who's willing to trade a, a Bush and LDMR2. <laughs> Made the swap and started talking to him. He's like, well, you don't want to shoot NRL 22. He's like, you want to shoot center fire. He's like, GA Precision over here holds regional matches. Just go get you a, a Bagara and uh, compete in center fire. You'll have a lot more fun. You won't build bad habits out of the gate. I'm like, okay. So I tell my wife, I'm like, I need to go buy a Bagara. She's like, we'll talk about this. I said, no, I... I, I the match is coming up soon. I need to buy a Bagard. She's like, no, no. <laughs> so leaving work, I stopped by Shields and I'm looking at the Bagara. And the guy comes up and he's like, do you want it? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, give me your license. I'll run it. Get the background check going. So I do it. And next thing I know, my wife's showing up. She's walking up there and she's like, I saw a guy notification on the phone that you're here at Shells and you're looking at that rifle. She's like, let me check it out. I'm like, yeah, there it is. She's like, it looks pretty nice. And salesman comes back with my driver's license. He's like, I got your background check back. And I just look at him. I'm like, uh, can you have security escort me out? I might be in danger. <laughs> so I got the rifle. And, uh, How did she know? What's this voodoo magic of she got a, a notification that you were in the store looking at the gun? It's, it's a phone app. Uh, uh, find my friends or whatever. It's a safety thing, you know, if I fall asleep at the wheel, car goes in the ditch, she knows where I'm at, sort of. I didn't stop and think that it was gonna be weaponized against me. I was about <laughs> to say, uh, yeah, you need to be sneakier. <laughs> yeah, I'm not very sneaky, that's the problem. Well, she so I got the rifle, uh, got some dope, went out to my first match and uh, did really bad. But I had fun because I hit my first thousand yard target. Unbeknownst to me, Jeremiah was actually shooting his first center five match, that same match, yeah. which is pretty cool. And uh, that's when I got bit by the bug, and, and here I am now, three years later, just super deep into it. That's what always happens. It's like it's like a drug. You, you have one <laughs> pull on it, and you're like, yep, I'm hooked. <laughs> we need a precision rifle um, rehab. Yeah. What's funny is 
if I would just shoot the same match I shot now, I'd be ready to quit. And that match made me want to start. <laughs> yep. That is hilarious. Jeremiah, how about you? Uh, I had a very different experience than him. Uh, growing up, I really didn't shoot a lot of guns. My cousins, extended family, grandfather, they all did, but my family really didn't at all. It was kind of something that my parents weren't interested in. They didn't, weren't really interested in us having. I lucked into a job. Um, well, it's been a while now, but <laughs> uh, as we moved up here and working for federal ammunition and it was really just kind of handed to me. I will totally admit it. Uh, you get the opportunity to shoot almost any gun you want with all the octopus optics on it that you want and ammo is covered. Uh, it's really hard not to get into shooting at that point. <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 I kind of started the same way as him. I, I sat down a hundred yard bench, how small can I make a group, a uh, little bit of bench rest, trying to get into wildcat cartridges, uh, built ARs, a little bit of F class, tried my hand at three gun USPSA uh, and then I actually started in NRL 22. Uh, the Free State Precision Flinkers are one of the original clubs that started it. And I was able to go to a match years ago and it, it, I was hooked, absolutely. And then at work, I had moved from federal ammunition over to work at Bushnell at that time. And Bushnell said, hey, we will pay for you to go to a match. We'll pay for your ammo. We'll provide everything you need go shoot a Cinefire match. And I took an RPR and a Mash Pro scope and I beat Leon by two points. Uh, <laughs> I can't beat him now. I have to hold on to that. Uh, but from there, I mean, it's exactly like you said, completely hooked into it. And I've really tried in every way I can to be part of it as far as the community, the, the rimfire side, the centerfire side, I compete as much as I can. I would dare to say I'm probably a better rimfire shooter than centerfire shooter, but I, I love them both. It's hard to pick. And then this year, obviously I jumped in. I was like, let's do a field match and we tried Vortex, so. <laughs> Those are fun though. Yeah, yeah, it's been great. Now so actually I met Jeremiah, it was a, uh, uh, progressive belly match yeah. at Great Plains Precision Rifle Range called King of KC. And he was there for a uh, Bushnell showing off their new scopes. That's when the Match Pro came out. I went up and I was questioning about the Match Pro because I needed a rimfire optic. We got to talking and I'm like, yeah, hey, you know, it was good meeting you. He's like, uh, if you're ever looking to go somewhere, you should probably come to Honeywell. <laughs> And then fast forward six months later, I see he's there. And so I start Skyping him and we just started talking ever since. And that's whenever you're running your Rimfire Lono program. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of the beginning of L3I. He, uh, he knew I was 3D printing a bunch of stuff. He's like, oh, I need some mag magazine flags for uh, 1022s and CZs and Savages. And it's like, people don't make these. I'm like, I can do that. <laughs> So, well, that was a great intro into the next thing we were going to discuss is L3I. So tell us a little bit about what it is, what it does, how y'all started it. Okay. Yeah. So 
getting talking with Jeremiah, uh, we got started doing the magazine flags and our first real product kind of was the magazine, ACIS magazine holster. I wasn't really selling it too much, but Jeremiah had somebody he'd sold some through. And quick, quickly after that, it was the extensions world. I, I shot a CZ, I love the CZ action, uh, but there's only 10 round mags. And at that point, Voodoo's had already been out. There's people running 15 round mags and Voodoo's and uh, everybody's running plus twos on their center fires. And I was like, hey, figure out how to make me a plus two for my CZ mag. That's what I wanted more than anything. And me being who I am, I had to over deliver. So it's a plus three. That's right. <laughs> Why do two? So the CZ extension took off. But really, I mean, if you if you look back at that, that's kind of where it started. And then at that point, Leon was lucky enough, the uh, distributor, uh, A&J Sporting Goods, they, they deal a ton in the rimfire world. They took a chance and said, hey, we want to do 3D printed stuff. Like we could do that. And Leon's already making the stuff. Yep. So, so Aaron, Aaron reached out to me whenever I first uh, made a post. It was a uh, winter time. I just got in a Vagara and there was no magazine extensions on the market. And so I designed one up real quick, put it on a magazine and then stuck a sticker on it that said, voodoo, like Vagara voodoo. <laughs> and I, I posted up as a joke and everybody's like what is that I'm like oh it's a magazine extension I'm like what <laughs> I, I want to try that and so Aaron reached out and I'm like yeah I'll send you one uh to try and I made him a custom version that was AA Ron on it <laughs> which is a a joke and uh I sent it out to him and he loved it he's like I want to carry these and so that's kind of when we got uh, involved with A&J Sporting and that relationship has kind of just grown over the years and we've sold thousands of those yeah. Bagar extensions. That's where it started. And from there, you know, we've grown a lot and obviously everybody sees the products. There's, there's a lot of Rimfire products. You know, Greg, you said that earlier in the Rimfire community, everybody understands who L3i is. Those mag flags are everywhere. The extensions are everywhere. Uh, right now, obviously the big thing is our Universal Magazine, which up till now, you know, nobody was really providing a lot of things for Voodoo's, so that covers that market. But uh, as we go along, we're we're continuously trying to think of new things for Rimfire, Centerfire, uh, the the breakfast plate, the breakfast plate. Yeah, that stemmed from uh, me and him signed up to uh, shoot a field match at uh, Isaiah Curtis's place, and. Uh, we were watching some videos and we're like a lot of these field shooters got these tripod plates and like I'll just 3D print one because they're really expensive and we'll test it out and see if it's strong enough. It, it was strong enough yep. and so I ended up running it at that match and did pretty well and we've sold a lot of those plates. Uh, take well, forever to print though. They do, they do. <laughs> they're lightweight so there's a good advantage there. They're incredibly light and four and a half ounces. I'm, they're not going to be as strong as a steel plate or an aluminum plate, but honestly, for the amount of weight you put on it, it we've never had one break. Yes, the key is strong enough. <laughs> I tell you, what, there was one group of ROs that were absolutely in love with it. You know, throughout matches like that, people constantly abandon gear and it gets held on to by the ROs, whether they left it on purpose or by accident. I don't really know. 
but these RS have the most awesome little coffee table between their chairs. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. We've seen it used as a coffee table. There's a fun picture of Vortex last year with somebody sitting on it. Just. <laughs> That's so impossible though. Like when I did Mammoth, I didn't take my gamer plate because like, I don't remember how much it weighed when I weighed it, but I was like, nope, <laughs> too heavy. Um, I want to say it was a pound or, you know, so to be a quarter pound, I mean, that's all, every ounce counts in those matches if yeah. you're working. So. Oh, yeah. You can get rid of the ball head and just run around a leveling uh, base. That's changed a little I, more weight there too. That's what I did. I didn't even carry a ball head. I was like, I'll just slap my bag up there, get light in it. <laughs> I see a lot of guys, they just fold the bags over the apex of the tripod. That's what I did. Yep, I just took my uh, fortune, my mini fortune cookie, and I had to get lighted, and I just set it over the top of the tripod with no ball head, nothing. I decided for Vortex, I was going to run a standard fill in my Schmedium, and he ran a a wee bad with the get light. That was the way to go. It was the way to go. I regretted it pretty quick. Yeah, that get light for, for those matches, that's the ticket, I'm telling you. It's, yeah, yeah. It's good. Yeah, so yeah. this year, I've kind of been spread all over the board. I've, I've done Rimfire. I did the, the PRS race gun series. I've done uh, PRS Rimfire, NRL 22, the Vortex team match. And I was planning on doing a Hunter match, but I just don't know if my schedule is going to be able to work. But I'm, I'm kind of all over the place on my interests and <laughs> My goal is, as a competitor is kind of be well-rounded and to be able to run any type of rifle, whether it's a 21-pound centerfire, a 12-pound uh, hunter rig, or, you know, a, a rimfire scenario. But The older I get, the more well-rounded I am, but it has nothing to do with what kind of shooting I can do. Just getting ready. Another problem with shooting field matches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you ain't kidding lord um so we've kind of touched uh, i guess at a high level at some of the products that l3i offers um what's each of your favorite products that you guys currently make in a heartbeat i'm calling this one this thing i have built so many of these and i have cycled thousands of rounds through them i just i it, i either it's either my favorite or my least favorite one of those two <laughs> So he's our entire uh, assembly, manufacturing, quality inspection, customer <laughs> service department. I'm designing engineering. And then the, the third spoke to our entire company is my wife, April, who is uh, our accountant, our shipping receiving, uh, order fulfillment, order fulfillment uh, director of engineering. She directs me what to do. <laughs> Wait, she didn't kill it's a three-person company she didn't kill you so you're good i i survived and it was kind of funny because when she was really mad she didn't talk to me for three days i said well you know my, my plan is i want to start competing and and i want to start a business and i want to start designing products for competition she's like oh yeah whatever and now i, I just tease her and i'm like well i made it happen that's what i'm doing now there you go so how'd y'all come up with the name? Uh, so 
it kind of just sounded like I wanted just like three simple letters. And I'm like, well, what can it be? Because there's a lot of three-letter companies. I don't know if you guys have noticed. You know three is not and a letter, right? Three is not a letter. No, no. Okay. Three digits. Sure. Alphanumeric. I'm sorry. Making sure you knew. I was like. So when I started the company, Jeremiah wasn't necessarily a part of it. He was a mm -hmm. big influence and a big guidance. And so it was just me by myself. My wife wasn't even helping. And uh, so I decided, I'm like, well, I'm Leon. I'm the third Leon. So L3. I'm like L3 don't sound good though. And so I'm like, I, like, what does I stand for? I'm like, it could be incorporated. It could be innovations, the industries. But I decided it don't have to mean anything. It's so it's just L3I. It could and have been L3, I'm the one doing all the work. I. <laughs> yeah, it's I, me, me, myself, and I. That didn't last very long, though, because the work grew faster than I could keep up. Guys were emailing me, messaging me, DMing me. Hey, where's my stuff? I'm like, uh, I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. Because <laughs> I, I have a full-time job, and I work a lot of overtime as well. And then I compete a lot. In uh, three years of shooting, well, it's really two and a half. I've shot probably 65, 70 center fire matches, probably 15 or 20 rim fire matches. That's so, a lot. Uh, so that's when I brought Jeremiah in. I'm like, hey, do you want to take partial ownership in a company and inherit a bunch of workload? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's. And funny. by the way, we don't pay a bunch of workload. <laughs> so what drew y'all to rimfire you talk about jeremiah you said you're better at rimfire than um center fire I, you feel like so what is uh, your draw to rimfire i i love rimfire i think it's fantastic it's just so when i got into rimfire and center fire there used to be and there still is a once a month rimfire match you know the nrl 22 is there and the group of guys is really what did it. You could go there, be with your friends. It was very low stress. Uh, there were some decent shooters, but nobody took it to this level of seriousness that hangs in the balance on center fire. And I think part of that was obviously the cost that goes into it. At that point, center fire rifles were cheaper. And now, as look at Greg's background, that can obviously be argued, but you know, even three years ago, centerfire rifles were pretty cheap by comparison to a centerfire. Rimfire was cheap, yeah. sorry. And I, I think having that option to go, you know, the match was like a $20 fee. You shoot $5 with the ammo. You hang out with friends all day long. I just, that experience has just made me want to do more for the community and do more for everyone that is involved in shooting. I, I, There's a really good level of camaraderie in room fire. And it's, uh, everybody keeps it pretty light and jovial. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit of a different environment than center fire. Not that center fire can't be fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's different. Center fire, it's competitive. center fire has that too. But, you know, when you go to a center fire match, honestly, it's a bigger investment. Typically you travel further. The ammo cost is higher. That is the factor. The match fee is higher. And, you know, just the wear and tear on your gun counts because if you're shooting a six Creedmoor, maybe you're going to replace every 2,000 rounds. So I, 
I, I really think that yeah. when people go to a rimfire match and they shoot awful, you just you brush it off. It's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah, I really I go to have fun. I I'll run CCI standard velocity yeah. ammo and I I'll zero it the morning of. I'm I'm not there to win it. I'm there to just kind of have a good time and yeah. relax and remind myself why I compete. Yeah. And we've been lucky because I have a son who's old enough to go shoot. So I brought him to matches and you know, that's fantastic that I get to share that with him. Leon's got a daughter around the same age. She goes and shoots matches. I, I don't know if he would enjoy a center fire experience to that level. I agree. I think it's just more laid back and I would not, I wouldn't put a kid in center fire. And I know there's a lot of kids out there that have done great and do great things and so I'm not dissing anyone else that did but I know kids will say I want to play soccer and then you put them in soccer and three months later they're like I don't like soccer I want to play baseball and you're like okay or you know I want to take up the guitar and you're like okay and you buy a guitar and then three months later they want to play trumpet so like it's a like you said it's a big investment and I'd be worried to put that much money into kids and so I think that NRL is like a perfect place I mean like Allison Zane started in NRL so they didn't go straight to center fire with her they let her you know see if she really loved it I think it's just such a great place so because of that the people that aren't as serious are there and it just makes it more fun I mean yeah, to me, yeah. more laid back you can joke around I mean you don't you have know. to wear hearing protection yeah yeah um, I mean, and that, that's part of it. My son, my son shoots with a suppressor and the experience of that is just great. Mm -hmm. I love suppressors in general. And, you know, I got a big fancy, super expensive one um, for my centerfire rifles, but that teeny little GSL woodland up there makes the gun like silent. I absolutely love yeah. it. it. You know, I can, I can be having a conversation talking at this level while I'm shooting because I tend to, I'm very easily distracted while I'm shooting, especially if I'm at, you know, a little 22 match, just having a good time. So I think that. Yeah, I think if anybody gets just one suppressor, rimfire suppressor is the one to have. Yeah. Agreed. They're great. Do you have any lives, Greg? We do. <clears throat> um, so I'll start out with um, Ben from Australia. Um, he said the batch of 20 new L3i mags arrived in Australia and a few are having some issues as the above posts. Um, but you guys have been very communicative and awesome in identifying the issues. Do you have any news on better springs? I do. I have great news. <laughs> so this actually has a longer spring in it. So what we've noticed, you know, any product goes through, there's variation in the spring pressure, variation in the tension and the surface finish on the material. And some of the mags run fantastic and a small subset of them needed a stronger spring. So we call the spring manufacturer. We had samples made, we did testing already and we're, we're ready to go with them. So it, it, it's definitely great news. And I, I appreciate the Australian guys, you know, a lot of these guys, bought this without ever seeing one obviously because they're made in the states they weren't even on the american market they weren't yeah they weren't technically on the american market we made an exception 
because uh, Jason was going to put them in his bag and take them home for us. <laughs> From nationals, yeah. <laughs> but yes, absolutely. So we have parts in-house and, and I think as soon as we kind of pull together some parts that are going to be here this weekend, we're going to ship a care package over and we're going to make him distribute them because I, I don't know who had actually ended up with those bags. <laughs> And it's much easier just to ship one over overseas. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Johnny said that he had a match this past weekend, and a lot of his shooters seemed to have magazine feeding issues, not with the L3i Max. I'm pretty sure the only one of those in Georgia was at my match. Um, with the Voodoo and Begara actions, um, how well do your magazines work with these actions, and can they kind of help to alleviate some of the issues that people are seeing with other magazines? So the largest issue you have with Rimfire, especially when you're talking Vagara, the Rimex, Voodoo, anything based on a 700, is the mag height. Everyone talks about it. If you order a custom Voodoo from the shop, they typically run well because they will adjust the mag latch. So the mag is at the perfect height. Unfortunately, we all mess with our stuff. You swap it into a different chassis, put it in a different stock, change out the bottom metal, and that height is different. And not to mention that the actions aren't necessarily identical, you know, as much as everyone in the world wants them to be. So, yeah. so what we've done is we've created a mag that has an adjustable catch on the magazine itself. So with this here, you can actually raise and lower this magazine in whatever chassis to whatever action you have on it. And I mean, so far the testing has been fantastic. I'm not saying you can't do it with all those other magazines, but it's the same reason you buy a chassis with an adjustable latch on it, where you can raise and lower that magazine. This just takes that out. You can, <laughs> you so, can do it. Like on this, you know, you could take a file to, let's see. Yep. You know, take a, a file. Uh, or real good there. There we go. It'll add a little bit of Bondo on it. JB <laughs> Weld. It's very common. But with yours, I, I just take a it. take an Allen key and loosen a screw and adjust it and then tighten it up, right? Yep, absolutely. Yep. And I don't need so a Bondo I, spreader or a Dremel nothing. or... Hmm. And, it can, and it can be adjusted for different rifles. You know, that way if you do a lot of guys upgrade from a Bagara to a Voodoo and the, the magazine works in both. That's That'll have to be set up individually for them. I'm not all about dremeling very much. I will dremel some, but I'm not all about dremeling or having ads, Bondo and stuff to my. There, sh there should be licenses for using dremels. Some <laughs> dremels. Uh, I think my dremel will work one day because something that I had in my office maintenance wasn't fixing. And so I brought my dremel and was fixing it and maintenance walked by and they were like, is that a dremel? And he was like, yeah, I was and he shook his head. And then like three hours later, he came back. He's like, can I borrow your Dremel? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but I, I guess to, to answer that question though, I mean, so far the response has been great. I, I personally test every single one of them in a Bagara B14 sitting in the MPA comp chassis and also a Voodoo 360 sitting in the MPA comp chassis. So if it'll do both of those, it should do anything else. We on here has a Rimex. They've gone on Rimexes. They work on those. So I, I, I think you'll be happy with it. 
That is awesome. awesome. I just needed 22 to go with it now. Yes, you do. <laughs> Broke. And I married a left a lefty, so I can't be like, I'm just going to go buy a rifle for both of us because he needs a lefty rifle. So you just teach him how to shoot with the right, shoot right handed. That's <laughs> but he's left eye dominant. So I'm 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 left eye dominant. You shoot right handed or left? I, sh I shoot right handed. I shouldn't, but I started that way and it seems to work. I really like weak, like weak side stages. Those are great. <laughs> I bet so. You can see all. Absolutely. I'll tell you what, though, if we would like train to be stronger on our weak side, then when you do have to transition, it would be like, you know, whatever. Like, and you would practice so much on your, your correct or the side that you use all the time. I would think you would yeah. get really good at it. So. I taught my daughter how to shoot uh, ARs and everything left-handed because she was left eye dominant. Mm -hmm. So, so my, how you learn it. my left hand is just so like I can see fine, but my hand isn't really good. But when I'm shooting a right-handed rifle left-handed, my right hand does more work anyway. So I'm pretty, I've, I've gotten pretty good at shooting off-handed over the years. Um, what is your favorite? Oh, go ahead. Oh no, you go ahead. What are your favorite uh, rimfire matches? My favorite rimfire match is the Muddy Creek rimfire match, the team awesome. match they host up north from here. Uh, Kirk Burkhead and Charles Myers run that, and it's blind stages in the field, unknown target distances. It's uh, it's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Now I want to come. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't got to go yet. I'm trying to. Uh, I'd say my favorite rimfire match is positional. I every time I create stages, everybody knows that I write them because it'll say ten shots, ten positions. It's it's what I you know. I want to build positions. <laughs> I want to be on weird things and a lots of movement. Uh, so you're that guy. I'm that guy. I <laughs> I, I love movement too. So it's funny. I run a. That's why I really excel. I'm I'm good, at, especially on a on a rimfire where you could build a position that doesn't have to account for recoil. You know, I don't want to say you don't have to build a solid of a position, but you have to. You know, you don't have to worry about oh well, what happens when this giant explosion occurs inside of this gun. <laughs> so it's funny. I run an NRL 22 series, and we always have um, a couple of bonus stages at the end, and those are always like do burpees, backflips nine different positions whatever i always try and make people move a little bit so we're I, did, I think on one of them i did 12 shots in 100 seconds there's 12 different positions and we had a guy clean it it was it was it was a generous target but it you had to really move and I, we did we had one guy clean it what was the prop uh it was a, a large tree log that lays down and then there's some rocks next to it. So you're, you're kind of starting on the left, you work down this large log, and then you have three positions on five, five, five positions on the rocks. So that's, that's not even like standing positions. That's like you gotta squat down or kneel down. Oh no, they, yeah, they're moving. They, you're running from position to position. Dude, <laughs> you're the rocks as you move that's underneath. the old never stand back up. <laughs> oh, I love it. That is totally a Maybe great an stage. Maybe an ageist stage. 
I know. I, Make me feel the guy old. that cleaned it is what nine and a half, thirty feet tall. I don't know. It's Darren Devour. He's, he's this gargantuan of a man, and it, it's great to see him move real fast. That's hilarious. Jeremiah wrote it just for that purpose. It's it's nice when you're uh, you know everybody's running three three strides to a from position to position, and it's like half a step. So we're about at the midpoint of the show. Um, remember, if you're watching us live on Facebook, ask any questions you may have here in the comment section of the video, and we'll do our best to ask it live on air. Other ways to catch us, you can always check back on the Shooter's Mindset Facebook page. The videos stay up there forever. We usually upload all the podcasts. Um, we usually upgrade to all of the podcast apps the night after the show, so you can take us with us on the road or to work, whatever. And then finally, um, normally within a week or so, everything eventually ends up on the Shooter's Mindset YouTube page. Um, and that's a great place to look up past episodes. Yep, check us out. And then is there a giveaway? There is. So uh, a lot of people will know, we posted our Universal Rimfire magazine and we thought we had probably a few weeks of supply. We sold out in I think 14 hours, 16, 16 hours. So these are really hard to find, but we're gonna give one away. Uh, I have one sitting right here, it's perfect. I have just run 14 rounds through it to make sure that it functions flawlessly. And I would love for somebody else to have it. So what we're gonna to do to uh, give that away is if you share this show that you're watching right now, um, we will uh, look and see who all shared the show at the end of the show. And we will do a random number <laughs> generator to uh, to choose our winner. So um, also make sure you share it someplace publicly where I can actually see it because I'd love to give it to everybody that shares it. But if you share it to like your super secret spy group or whatever, I, I can't see that you shared it and, and let you win. I'd love to, but I just physically can't. So share away and we'll we'll choose a winner here in a little bit. That's right. Gotta love giveaways. Yeah. Giveaways, everybody will start watching us again. Also, I've already <laughs> I've already shared this show like five times, so I'm, I have the most entries out of anybody so far. So you don't. <laughs> but I'm but but I have a B14R yeah. right here. I was gonna say it won't fit that CZ. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll fit in there though. It'll it'll absolutely fit in there. So yeah, universal rimfire is not completely universal. <laughs> you need yeah y'all can keep the 22 magazine i just want to play <laughs> that's what i want <laughs> um so if i ever decide to wreck again which i don't think i will but if i ever do uh <laughs> so we actually speaking of rucking met y'all at btsc in missouri when y'all were both shooting there and i think y'all did y'all weren't shooting together right Nope. Y'all shot trooper division. Separate teams, separate divisions. But I think y'all did pretty well. Tell us how y'all finished and which division you shot and why. I'll let you go first. Okay. Uh, I shot with my good friend Clayton Anderson in trooper division. And uh, this was our first team match together. Unless you count the, the Muddy Creek Rimfire, which was it was kind of our train up for this. 
but it was, it was quite a bit different in some ways as well. But uh, we started out kind of slow. And then as we got our communication developed and our strategy going, we started, it started clicking real well and we started doing a lot better. So I ran a 6.5 Creedmoor uh, with a lightweight uh, carbon proof barrel and a manor stock in our new uh, L3I lightweight full length Arca rail. It weighs a little over three ounces. Uh, we're still working on getting this out in quantities to sell. <coughs> But uh, Clayton ran a 223, and we actually matched our dope to each other. So we were within a tenth up to 900 yards. And so we both had armbands with the same dope. And then my, uh, my SIG 3Ks had the uh, ballistic calculation as well. So we were able to quickly get each other's dope and translate them to each other pretty well. Uh, we ended up finishing second in Trooper Division. A long ways behind Caleb and Dave, but we don't count them. <laughs> they're, they're like robots shooting a stage. They are. Yeah. Yeah, they were supposed to shoot LRPP. Uh, then we showed up and they're like, oh, we're in Trooper. I'm like, oh. <laughs> of course. <laughs> That's funny. That's like uh, at the Coleman Creek one here in North Carolina. Um, whenever people got there and Sean and Greg showed up and they're like, oh man, they're here. What division are you shooting? <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. I remember the quote, we're all competing for second. <laughs> yeah. Too much. In all seriousness though, uh, Dave and Caleb did give us a lot of uh, good tips and information. Wow. They were really helpful and uh, making sure that we had a good time and we did well. They're and enjoyed uh, Clayton's Merle music on the rocks. <laughs> That's funny. Now your experience? Uh, my experience was the exact opposite of what Leon did. Leon had this beautiful carbon fiber stock, carbon fiber <laughs> barrel, uh, you know, he's set up ready to go had trued his dope out to like 1600 yards or something that they matched him up uh a buddy of mine named marcus sisper uh we convinced each other to do this i have no idea why and to say we were underprepared is just not even the right word uh we went into the llrp uh llrp Sorry, yeah, yeah, I said PP. Yeah, Lerp. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Lerp, yeah, <laughs> division. And I went in using a borrowed stock, an old 700 action, no dope, running some old F class bullets and some brass that we were afraid to use for anything else because of case separation. Uh, we both use the same brass. We, <laughs> Wow. It, it was rough. We went without binoculars. We used hand, handheld rangefinders. Total mistake. Uh, those don't actually work through the trees. So a lot of that is some very, very high-tech guessing. <laughs> I think the field of view is the biggest uh, problem. Uh, and we, we had a great time, though. Like, we, we pushed hard. I 
we learned a ton. We went in, we, we had some course of fire problems even in the first stage, but we went from just getting a few targets to you know, scoring one of the higher rounds towards the end. We felt great with it. Uh, I think we're gonna take a little more seriously this next time where uh, I, I think we'll pretty confidently do better on the shooting side of it with actual dope and maybe some binoculars. I mean, that helps a little. Dope is, dope is helpful. I mean, that's right. But it, it was great. We, we still managed to pull a second place in the division. Uh, we made the rocks. We camped. Uh, I'm sure you remember the weather did not cooperate at all with us. Oh, well, the, the first night, we thought it was going to be really nice. We woke up to start packing up our tent and it's freezing rain coming down. Uh, we packed up in the rain. On night two, I think they said it hit 26 degrees. That was that was a pretty cold night. <laughs> I just I remember thinking man, poor Jeremiah. <laughs> that Airbnb was pretty warm. I'm about to say it, it yeah, was a <laughs> it was a cold run from the uh, from the Airbnb out to preheat the car before the, <laughs> the trip to the range. But no, that was a uh, that that was a wildly horribly weathered match. It like yeah. that is the yeah. first time I'm I'm pretty much known for bringing way too much crap wherever I go and like never having to go buy anything at a match. I was one of like seven people at the farm and seed store looking for some mucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah we had, mud got pretty deep. Uh, I, I think having better not that you can ever blame it on equipment but i think we're really excited that you know we went into that he shot 223 uh we could not find any powder anywhere so we ran 77 smks at probably below 2500 feet per second it was not impressive <laughs> wowzers and you're no, that's par for the course for jeremiah though yeah. he doesn't prepare. <laughs> how about to say and the funny thing is even after all of this you are still not the least prepared person showing up to a ruck match that i've heard of this year yes i'm gonna, i'm gonna take that victory yeah and mammoth, mammoth is only like what lerp division is right you have to camp you have to ruck there is no mm -hmm. mechanized riding in a van like it's it's one division and there were people that showed up and they hand on bags to put their ammo in at night because it's a fort and you have to lock, you know, it's a military fort. You can't have your ammo on you at night. So you have to put your ammo like they lock it up. And so they gave them a bag and they're like, well, I don't need a bag. I'm mechanized. And they were like, there's <laughs> no such thing as mechanized. They didn't have a tent. They didn't have food. They didn't have anything. Wow. Wow. No, so there are some Wait people that one. are somewhat less prepared than you. So that's that's good to hear. You might be second place, but still. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, really. Equipment, I was prepared, but physically I was not prepared whatsoever for those rocks. That was, that was tough. I was dehydrated, sunburnt, shaved, malnourished, <laughs> blistered. <laughs> I was pretty well carried around for that weekend and was able to, you know, drive some places, hop on a four wheeler here and there. And it whooped my butt. 
And I was just carrying cameras and water. (laughs) So what made each of you guys choose the division that you, that you shot in? Uh, Honestly, I, I chose Trooper and I convinced Marcus to go with me. And I, I mean, I love him to death for this, but he was like, no, if we're doing it, we're going all in. And he's a Marine, if that explains yeah, it. That explains <laughs> yeah, <I like> that. <laughs> well, hey, Mammoth registration they just put up is in 30 days. So if y'all wanted to oh, sign up for Mammoth, you could do that. I think I'm busy that day. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so all my vacation for the rest of the year is planned out with other matches. Well, the good news is this is in January of next year. Yeah, it's actually in 2023. Oh. Yeah, so it could be your first match of the year. Mammoth. Huh. Sounds, sounds like it's going to be cold. Is Y'all Dave and partner. Caleb going to be there? Yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> could partner up and just be the L3I team, see? All right. Team L3I. You could 3D it's print. got a good ring to it. Everything. <laughs> we'll have to consider that. I wonder if it's tax deductible. maybe if you're there as a like to promote your business then maybe so if you have l3i swag on the whole time then you're like i'm i'm there because i'm trying to get my uh l3i on the front page of the fort gordon newspaper like jennifer got on last year there you go nice that was she a wasn't wearing picture. an L3I shirt. So. You know, I think it was a fantastic <laughs> picture. It was an awful picture. My tongue is half sticking out. I had forgotten to put my pistol on for that stage. It was not a good moment. I got there. The RO was like, you may load your pistol. And I was like, oh, can I put my holster too? It's in my bag. <laughs> <laughs> he just looked at me like, I was like, oh, I'm going fast. <laughs> it was. I've probably seen couple hundred photos from matches with me in them and maybe three that I like. <laughs> it's don't like always a bad Greg, picture. Don't ever let Greg Moore get a hold of you because if he takes a picture, I guarantee you it's not going to be a good one. Like I've had some nice pictures taken. None by, no, that's, that's a lie. He has taken some good ones, but I give him a hard time because it's not that he's not a good photographer. He's a great photographer. It's that he catches people from a distance. He has that little voodoo um lens that'll catch you from like a mile away and you don't know he's taking your picture and you're like when he catches it and then it's immortalized on the facebook i got one from k&m this year i'm standing pretty awkwardly but in his defense he got like three great ones yeah i was about to say greg definitely (laughs) takes good pictures but it's also that he doesn't he he'll try something and be like nope that didn't work we'll post that on facebook (laughs) what's bad is that's awesome like 15 people tag me in it or like sent like hey look i'm like yeah thanks i remember i got in I so much trouble profile. one of the one of the first <laughs> matches that i went to i was looking through the pictures and i was like oh jen here's you in a picture i'm gonna tag you she's like it was, was it you or was it regina or was it both of you i don't know but i think we threatened your life yeah i was like that picture i'm going to kill you i was like dude i'm, I'm sorry i just wanted you to see it <laughs> Then that's when you send it in Messenger when the whole rest of the world doesn't notice. Oh, look, there's Jen looking like a retard because I do that really well. 
And my wife has me trained. Every time I take a picture, I have to send it to her. She authorizes it for posting, then I can post. Exactly. You gotta check it out. Now, Greg does a great job, but he just he takes massive amounts of photos and he just uploads them and lets everybody go through them. But yeah, the bad ones are the ones that everybody uh gets. So but see, you could get all kinds of pictures with L3I jerseys and write L3I on everything. And then like at night in camp, you can be kind of like a Jehovah's Witness, go and like knock on knock on people's tents. Excuse me, sir. Have you heard the good word of L3I? Have you asked them, knocking on tents. I think everybody's tired. I know. Oh, yeah. Um, so just a reminder, if you're watching us and you want to be entered to win that awesome Universal Rimfire Mag that doesn't fit in a CZ, but they still call it a Universal Rimfire Mag, but it fits all the other cool ones, uh, just share this post someplace public so I can see it. Um, and at the end of the show, we'll, we'll pick somebody randomly. Um, we got a couple live ones real quick. Um, Mike Bell just picked up one of those last week um, and he learned that it, you have to adjust the adjustable mag to make it work. So he said he got his height right, the tabs all the way up, um, but it seems like he gets a little bit of front to back play um, and the mag rocks a little bit. Does he need to add something to the front um, or would it be okay if it rocks a little bit? So every magazine will rock to the front and back. Uh, the, besides the fact that there's slight variation in the mags themselves everything does have small variations every chassis every bottom metal is a different size we we've tried to test them all we have found that the manners mini chassis is the tightest, the tightest one and i believe the krg was the oh, yeah. largest but it has an adjustable forearm on the krg to where you can adjust that so what a lot of regardless of that you can adjust the height to fit in that and it will feed smoothly. Uh, that's why not all of them will have the exact same height when they're set, because it'll also depend on how it rocks back and forth. Uh, some guys, you look at it, they'll add Velcro, yeah. they'll add uh, strips of, I saw something else the other day that was foam, I think. Some guys put set screws. So, yeah, barrier blocks, barrier blocks, yeah. uh, just to keep your bag from touching the magazine. We've played with oversizing magazines, but you, you, there's no certain value to oversize it. So it's dependent on their setup. Our magazine is actually oversized versus the Voodoo magazine and the Bagara magazine. We intentionally have it just a little bit longer from the front to rear. And what that does is it makes it rock a little less. Unfortunately, because it's longer, it looks like it's rocking more. Yeah, because even my, like, this is all factor in here. It gets a good bit of wobble yep. to it. So four, yep. four and a. Yeah, they're all going to. you got a 0.22 diameter bullet with no shoulder on it, that little bit of rock, the elevation height, yeah. cause a lot of issues. Yeah. It's just inherent to the design. And you need you know basically you just with with any mag you just need to make sure or maybe not make sure but know what your rock can do so if you have one of those mags where you know i got this awesome area 419 rail on here so i can't hit it but if you end up loading on your mag and pushing it forward is that going to push your bullet where it won't go into your chamber or is it not um, i know on my cz it's dang near impossible for me to move my mag in a position that it won't feed 
And even if there is a little bit of movement in there, it's not always necessarily a bad thing, but you just got to make sure that, you know, and, you know, you test, you push it all the way forward, run, run around in the chamber, pull it all the way back, run around in the chamber. And, you know, obviously the more you test, the better, but most of the time that doesn't cause an issue unless it's something that's super, um, super wobbly. Um, speaking of the 457 mags, uh, Tony asked, um, he just he shot his 457 for the first time um, this last weekend, and he's not loving the skinny man skinny mag. Is there any chance that you guys could print a, a fat sleeve for the 457 mag to make it easier to manipulate, or something that you could put on that mag to make it easier to grab and move? So we've actually looked at that, uh, being able to put a larger one on there. The issue you get into is that mag actually goes pretty far into the action. So there's still some talk about that, about making kind of a handle on the bottom. Guys do that with uh, uh, 1022s and steel challenge stuff when they want to move very quickly. But as of now, we really haven't pushed that. The, the biggest issue is with CZ457, you can put it in a Woodstock, you can put it in MDT, you can put it in a- PDC Custom. Lovely PDC, PDC Custom. <laughs> I was getting there. <laughs> and, and to oversize it underneath the chassis or the stock it might work for one but not another but then also the answer i was hoping you guys were going to also pull up is look at your magazine extension That's, i was going to say actually, it's, yeah we, it's it's so you're still skinny up at top but it's uh, you your base is kind of angled out a little bit flare it it's flared from the top and it comes over and that is on purpose because it's easier to manipulate yeah, so that so looks I, I like it's not those, a nice but... big thing to grab there. Well, yep. I'm going to not do my hand like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I but anyway, it's it's a it's a nice large extension down there at the bottom of the mag that is going to make it easier to to rip out and grab out of your mag holder or whatever. We have had you know some people concerned with if flaring out in the front. It, touches the bag a little bit sooner and so when we redesigned it for the aluminum extensions mm -hmm. it's very slim because we're able to with the stronger material take away some of the, the reinforcement material versus the printed versions and the the aluminum ones should be coming out here soon they're in anodizing right yep. now by a, a a local company that we do a lot of uh business with which is uh ap coatings they do all our cerakote work and, yep. and their sister company brother company more perry precision which yeah. he does all my barrel work uh, competition yeah, i was gonna say this perry precision is actually chambered uh, all the match rifles that we're currently using both these rifles here i have to say while we're talking about those rifles um you look like you built that mantle to hold that rifle there because it fits perfect <laughs> right under the tv it looks like that is its purpose in life to hold I need to that tell rifle. My wife that. <laughs> I, I think if you look at our rifles, you can I, I kind of can see the difference. Leon's has a beautiful black finish, uh, a black stock. I have a, a sandblasted barrel and sandblasted action. Uh, when it gets dirty, I just sandblast it a little more. Hey, it's the Indian, not the arrow. 
Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, yeah we'll <laughs> <laughs> Although then whenever you, uh, if you don't do well, you have to own it then. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I had to go with the black barrel because uh, I set mine next to Brantley's at K&M and I confused him. He almost picked up my rifle. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. He must have thought it was a stray kitty. We got the Bushnell and the Elite, uh, what do they call it? Back in black. Yeah. Stop. That is funny. Well, speaking of rifles that y'all have, you have a program where you loan rifles. Tell us about that for new shooters. Absolutely. So uh, a few years back, actually it was when I was working with Bushnell, they were nice enough to loan some optics that I put on some rifles. And the agreement was that I reached out and I said, hey, any veteran that would like to shoot a match I will cover ammo and I will cover, I will bring a rifle ready to go. And we had some takers on it. It was a great experience. And, you know, when I left Bushnell, I decided to really run with it. So we've got uh, a Canadian company, the Pristine Actions, that makes a beautiful custom action. We've got a rifle built on it with proof barrel uh, sitting in. The Athlon Chronos. Yeah, Athlon has put a Chronos on it. And we run these rifles and the, the ultimate goal is to get new shooters into the sport. We reach out, we ask people if they know anyone. It, obviously we talk a lot. So anybody we talk to, we try to get them to, you know, tag along to a match. And that rifle shows up with a dope card ready to go, ammo that is loaded and ready for it. There's a shooting bag for them, anything they could need. And you know, a lot of guys find that shooting their first centerfire match is a really daunting task, especially when you show up and everyone has a $4,000 rifle. It, it's very hard to step into. But like you said before, if you can shoot one match, you're going to get most people hooked. It's that great of an experience. Oh, yeah. It's more addictive than crack. Well, <laughs> and I think, I mean, you bring up a good point. Like, people don't know what to buy either. When I first got into... Um, precision i had been doing three gun and regina milkovich talked me into this this is all your fault gina anyway um when i started doing it i didn't know what to get like i was like okay i need a scope well like how far does it need to go or oh i need a chassis what's that you know thank you i just got ice cream <laughs> well we we recently just had a, a guy who exactly like you said he came he shot a match he he used a chassis gun that was put together and you know everyone does the same performance on your first match you're not you're there to learn you're not there to win but he liked it so much he came back and he said hey can we can i borrow a loaner that is not in a chassis i just couldn't get comfortable behind it so it was actually put in a manor stock the second time and not only did he shoot better but he fell in love and he knew exactly what he wanted to buy. And that's what we want because we want to build that for all the, all the other companies that provide products, you know, they want their customers to order something they know they want. And he ordered an origin action. He's got a barrel on the way and it's going to be sitting in a manor stock. I mean, that's huge just to be able to try things. Um, well, and I know a lot of new shooters don't want to make a huge investment, right? I mean, even a base model rifle right? We're talking production rifle. You're going to spend $2,500. Yeah. 
I mean, and and then you gotta put glass on it, and you gotta get bags, and then you need rings, bipods. You need a bipod, and you know, there's so many things that you don't want to spend all that money if you hate it. So, to be, you know, when I did three gun, I got I loved getting new shooters into it, and I'd be like, just come to the match. Do you have a pistol? They're like, yeah. Like you got a holster for it? Yeah. Okay. Because it's really hard to share pistols at a match like that because you have to unholster and reholster. Borrow the shotgun. But I was like, if you just bring a pistol, you can borrow my shotgun and borrow my rifle. We'd go up, I'd shoot the stage, come back, they'd reload it, they'd go shoot the stage. No big deal, right? You can't do that with center fire. And so it, it was it's hard to get new people in. I only have one rifle. I don't have one that I can loan. I don't I don't have money for it right now, but it would be nice to have that and be able to do what y'all are doing. I think it's great because then people get an opportunity to try it. And then they're like, oh yeah, I really do want to do this and I want to spend the money. But people don't want to go spend the money when they don't really know what it is. Well, they don't know what it is. And most companies, they just don't have the time to meet enough people. And those people don't know what questions to ask. It has to be done face-to-face. -face. It has to be that grassroots and it has to be part of the shooting community because they're never going to go into a big box store and buy a, a GA Precision gun. It just it doesn't exist there. So, yeah. Yeah. But I, and I so far, all the companies we've reached out to, they've been fantastic. They love the idea of it because, you know, for them, it's another opportunity to have somebody present their product in front of somebody else. It's great testing at the very least. And and so far, you find out that these companies really want, you find individuals in the companies that really want the shooting community to grow. They want new shooters, but they're not really sure they have the avenue. And I, I think on a small scale, the loaner program has worked great for that. Yep. And I, I do a very similar thing at my NRL 22 match. And obviously it's a lot more affordable and easier to do it at, you know, my one little local match. Um, I won this B14R at an NRL 22X match. And I decided it was going to be like my dedicated loaner rifle. And I now have two other loaner rifles as well as my main rifle that anyone's welcome to shoot. And Mike Bell commented, he's like, yeah, I uh, shot Greg's rifle at one match. And literally, you know, he'd been shooting with an old rifle for a couple of matches. And I'm like, will you please shoot a good gun? He shot my gun. And like eight hours later, he sent me a, a screenshot of, uh, he just bought a, a brand new B14R and scope and basically the same exact thing. Because, so when you know, he beats us all, it's your fault. He's 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 getting well, no, it's gonna be Chris Simmons' fault because he's gonna take a class with Chris in a couple of weeks. So he can blame Chris oh, for no. beating us. Yeah, he, he's 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 improving rapidly, and I think that's gonna be kind of the icing on the cake there. I think he had a question in the comments. Yeah, he also asked um, about the stronger spring we were talking about before. Um, does it mm -hmm. push the round, the nose of the round on top up higher? No. So the the longer spring inside, it, it actually isn't stronger. It's just a more constant pressure that goes through it. And if there are some mags that at the very end of it, they have some friction built up in there, especially before they get used much and they don't smooth out, that'll just help make sure that they feed reliably. Yeah, if you're having feed issues on the last two, three rounds of the magazine, that's when you need that increased power spring. 
Gotcha. That, I figured it was mechanically captured somehow. We just wanted to yeah, clarify just some, that. Uh, yeah. Surface finish variation in the printing process. And so some magazines exhibit that and some don't. A majority don't, some do. Yeah. Gotcha. So what goals do you guys have for the future of L3i? So what we're moving into now is uh, machine products and kind of moving away from the 3D printed uh, side of the business. It's just the natural progression of what we're wanting to do. We want to bring more complex, more durable products that just have to be manufactured with those processes. So right now we're trying to establish a manufacturing base, uh, required a CNC mill to do some R&D prototyping and small batch work. And uh, right now we're uh, getting a new payment processor because they decided they didn't like the gun industry. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're seeing all kinds of challenges in, in finding manufacturers that's willing to work with a company that's in the gun industry as well, especially in this new political environment that's kind of been heated up recently. Yeah, but so I, I can imagine, you know, even, even we have issues with that of, you know, we, we can't monetize our, or we can only partially monetize videos that we put up because, you know, it's, oh, yeah, it's like, that is literally a bolt action rifle with a 10 round magazine, sir. What, what, what is, what is assault rifle about that? But, you know, we deal with all that and, uh, you know, thankfully, or not thankfully, we don't take payments or anything like that. So we don't have to worry about that, but, you know, I'm sure there's a whole lot that goes into, you know, that makes starting a firearms related business, even if it's literally like safety devices and magazine extensions. Yeah. I'm sure you guys saw all sorts of fun it, stuff getting into that. Yeah, Facebook really took down our universal magazine post two days ago. It what? violated community standards. <laughs> it's the 3D printed piece of plastic with a spring inside of it. Don't get me on my soapbox because the crap that they allow on there, I'm on my soapbox. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I think for me, like when I look at the future of L3i, it's products like this. It's, I'm not saying anything wrong with like the simple, easy products, but as it comes, you've seen it, guys come in and it's, things like this are hard to copy and people see that and they understand that there's a lot of time and engineering that goes into this. And we have some other stuff that we're not ready to announce that, you know, it, it's not going to be easy to copy. It's going to be something that do you see it and you're like, that's an L3i product and the amount of R&D that goes into it is worth it. Yeah, our, kind of, our, our motto is we're not going to make a product that doesn't bring something new to the market, yeah. some type of innovation, some type of way of pushing the product forward, you know, whether it's the adjustability where it wasn't there before or a feature, you know, that just kind of sets us aside. We don't want to just be a me too company. Like, yeah. this is the new hot thing. This is our version of it. We want to expand upon its, uh, its features and its functionality. That's There's the something coming for the field matches. You wait. <laughs> yeah. By the way, that's pound me too. In case you didn't know. <laughs> you have to have the pound sign in front of it. Yeah, yeah, hashtag me too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so what goals do y'all have individually like do you, or, or matches that you want to shoot in the next year? Do you have anything? Uh, 
Oh, I'll go. I'll go. I got okay, it. Shoot, man. I know. I'm excited. So Kansas City is where we're at, the Kansas City area, and they're hosting their first uh, Pro Series match, two-day match that they've ever had. And this area is a mecca for precision shooting. You have Badger Ordnance, you have Manor Stocks, GA Precision, Bushnell, Athlon, but no pro matches. Perry Precision, so, L3I. Perry Precision, <laughs> L3I, absolutely. But uh, coming, coming in August is the RCBS uh, Rumble, going to be held at the GA Precision range. And I've got my spot for it, and I'm really excited. What? Ice cream what? I said pretty good match director, too. Oh, Lori? Yes. Lori, yeah. <laughs> yes. Look, Lori never Lori wants to be the best. She's always like, ah, oh, she doesn't like being on camera. And so this year at SHOT Show, I came by and I'm like, all right, Lori, it's time to do an interview. And she was like, oh. And then I was like, or, or Greg, one of us was like, we can talk about your match, your match directed. And she was like, okay. <laughs> and then she got on camera and it was so funny. <laughs> so the, the, the year before be that really went run, well run match yeah it will be yeah the year before that she, she cheated and she canceled. she like reached into a curtain and she's like no here's john scout and let john scout and talk i'm like where, where did you find the perfect person to talk from gun, about guns from like behind your curtain there now i do think it'll be a great match so you're mm. already in it yeah yeah i've got my spot that uh squatting's not open yet i don't believe but I've got my spot. That's all that matters. <laughs> and it's 20 minutes from my house, so it's perfect. That is yeah, awesome. We both live really close to that range. And so since my first match was actually out there at that range, mm -hmm. and I've never missed a match since, uh, I so I had to wait like 10, 15 minutes before the match opened up and sitting there refreshing yeah. a million times to get into <laughs> it. And I had Jeremiah on the line, make sure he's refreshing and we both got in and it's pretty exciting. Uh, I unfortunately had a conflict come up and so I had to bow out. Probably the hardest thing I've ever had to do because I just knew it was going to be my best two-day match score ever because I do really well at that range typically. Except this weekend when I had bullets coming apart on me, but that's a different story entirely. <laughs> <laughs> So how about you? You have any big matches? Uh, me? Mm -hmm. uh, I have the Punisher next weekend. I have the Impact PRC on the schedule. And if I do well enough at both of those, I'll have the finale at K&M, hopefully. I shot the finale last year in Raton, and it was awesome. D-Love and Beamer put on a – well, I think uh, Shannon and Derek did that one. But anyways, it was a really great match. And uh, I'm just looking forward to trying to get to that finale again this year. That'd be fun. Greg, you got any lives? So Mike wants to know, where did zero sucks come from? He said there's got to be a good story behind that one. I knew that was oh, going to come I up. Knew that was gonna <laughs> so it's kind of, it's a play on words. You know, there's a common uh, phrase of, I could give zero Fox trots. Oh, I know what that uh, word is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it kind of rhymes with that, but it also it's 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 a slogan for both how I compete and how I want to run the business. I want to strive 
to eliminate all errors, you know, get my sucks down to zero, basically. <laughs> and I just don't want to shoot a zero on a stage. Zero. I'm with you, Yeah, there's my goals. It worked out really well because uh, not this year, but last year at the NRL 22 Nationals, I had a jersey and it said zero sucks across the front. And at that point, L3I was just kind of growing into what it was. And everybody who saw it was like, that's the greatest shirt I've ever seen. What does it mean? And I, it was, it's like, I don't, I don't think I'm supposed to tell you. Like, I, I, <laughs> It's a common theme. You know, there's no real way of what the name L3I meant. There's no real good explanation of what zero sucks means either. I just come up with random stuff. Let sticks. it be mysterious. Yeah. You're, you're good with, with random catchy things. That's yeah. right. I found the perfect font. I'm like, I really love this font, so I use it for everything now. I, I think so far, though, people love the mag just because it says zero sucks on it. That, that is funny. Yeah, that does make it about three times as cool. So we did have a request to do a version of the mag that's smooth without the mm -hmm. hexagonal pattern. Uh, and so we're talking about doing maybe some special, special limited runs, maybe some uh, one-off designs, maybe during like holiday timeframes. Oh, we need like a shooter's mindset edition. And doable. <laughs> totally doable. <laughs> That'd be so we'll cool. Put down the side our, of the mag. Manufacturer Tyler. MKM on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so 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 Tyler does the the printing for you guys. Yeah. So yeah. we uh, Leon actually has did the first draft, draft owns all the design itself, and then I've done probably an equal share of the testing with it, and the design changes that have gone through it. He's helped refine it, and then uh, we reached out to MKM due to his capabilities printing nylon. We wanted a little stronger product. And so he's got in his production. He sends us the parts and then we finish it up and do some black magic on it. And yeah. That is awesome. Because when it when it comes to 3D printing, when it comes to 3D printing technology, like there's I I I don't know anybody better than him to to be doing it for you guys. Yeah, he definitely specializes in that industry. And yeah. so it was a, a natural fit. He's fairly local to us. We can be at his shop within was an hour and a half. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. That's pretty good. We like to work with local companies as well. Everything's domestically produced. Yeah. Try and use all American products. That Although awesome. sourcing filament sometimes, uh, you're not always going to get American. All right. Are there any more lives, Greg? We are good on the live side. So I guess that there's only one last thing to do on this show. And that is figure out who out of the people who shared this where I can see it. Wants to eat ice cream. What kind of ice cream you got? That's me. Because my son did not think about his mother when he went and got one and brought it home. But then my husband went out and got me one. You are spoiled rotten. I could smell you from here. I'm pretty spoiled. Yeah. So we have 18 people that shared, but I can only see eight of them. Hmm. 
I told you, make it public I mean, that, so I can see it. That's pretty good odds to win a $70 magazine. I, Not bad, really. <laughs> I kind of All wish right. it was shared now. Yeah, we'll, we'll give it like, we'll, we'll, we'll give it like 30 more seconds. And then I'll go back and I'll double check and make sure I only see eight. Make your post public. Yep, do it fast. Last call. One last call for ice cream. Ice cream with M&Ms. Huh? How do you do? Oh, <laughs> how do you do that? Make your post public. Yeah. <laughs> Is Damien over there trying to win? He's like, I want that. Why not? <laughs> Change it from. He was in the other room watching the show. Change <laughs> it from from friends only to public. Greg's gonna cut him off right before it hits. He's like, no, private. <laughs> Not, not fast enough. Well, see, the thing is, I'm cool if he wins because you want to know the only gun he has access to that that magazine will fit in? <laughs> the one his wife shoots at the 22 series. Absolutely. I don't know why you have it like that. It's where only people see it. That's crazy. I shared it to you. Edit privacy. I'll say I still don't see Damien's. It's coming. It. It's there. All right, let's hit, let's hit refresh. <laughs> All right, we're up to 23 shares. All right. One, two, So Greg, I've got a core. I've got some, I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, you shoot a bagara, I see it there. And uh, there happens to be a buddy of ours in the KC area. It's a nine mile precision. And he's working on an adapter right now that will you'll be able to feed a standard thread barrel into that metric receiver. So that's the Ooh. biggest issue right now with the Bagara is that it's, most people aren't set up to run metric threads on their lathes. And I, once he gets that done, it, it should be a big change for that gun because any gunsmith will be able to rebarrel it. That is awesome. All right, so we have 11 shares or 11 that I can see. We're going to go to share screen. Do that first. Desktop two. All right, you guys all see that? Oh, no, I gotta hit the share button first. There we go. All right, so here's everybody I could see that shared. We're going to go to random number generator. We're going to hit generate. <laughs> so the second person to share, David. Oh, he's oh. a precision blinker. Yeah. All right. So David, uh, shoot either L3I or the shooter's mindset, a message on Facebook. Um, and we will get you your magazine. Congratulations, sir. Absolutely. Congrats, David. Very good. Are there any more lives? I don't know. I got to go back over there. Oh, David said, woot, woot. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very tactical answer. <laughs> <laughs> he said, thanks, everybody. And David's been a big supporter of uh, us for quite a while. So, yeah. Cool. Well, that's good. 
He was out there supporting you guys by sharing the show and getting the word out for us. So there we go. That'll make shipping easier. He can just stop by and get it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's the only live we're good. Yep. Well, then I think it's time to wind it down the shout out. So we will let you start, Greg. All right. We'll start off with GSL suppressors. Make this nice little quiet making machine down here at the end here. <clears throat> Shooters and Sharpshooters of Augusta, our local indoor and outdoor ranges here in Augusta. PDC Custom, the most beautiful rifle chassis known to man. Right here, they're available in the beautiful lime green or normal human colors. Uh, Shooters World Powder, if you don't like those pre-made bullets and want to roll your own, um, they do make a great powder, super low SDs, still pretty easy to find given the current world climate. Um, Hunter's HD Gold, those things up there. I'm super blind. And I could see stuff a lot better with those. Um, fix it sticks because as an engineer, there is nothing I like doing more than taking stuff apart and then putting it back together again. Um, and those let me do it anywhere, anytime. And Bortec because I'm told that they work better when you clean them. True story. <clears throat> All right. How about Leon? All right. Uh, I'll give a shout out to Perry Precision, uh, AP Coatings for your Cerakote. Uh, for all your reloading supplies and PRS Pro Shop, uh, Full Circle Reloading. It's owned by a pretty good friend of mine, Alan, out of St. Charles, Missouri. And uh, Nedbed Precision, he's uh, one of our dealers. Uh, and then uh, A&J Sporting, which has been our longest time supporting dealer for us. I'd, I'd really love to give a shout out to all the companies that have helped with the Lunar program. Uh, Pristine Actions out of Canada. Vortex Optics has been great. Uh, Athlon has been awesome. Out of Texas, uh, kind of a new company. AccuFire has donated some optics for us to use. I, I think those are the big ones lately that have pushed really hard to help out and it's great. Yeah. And then awesome. obviously, I wanna, I mean, I wouldn't be able to do this without my wife. I have to say that because I, Shooting, we all know, it takes a ton of time. It takes a ton of investment at home, away from home, anywhere. It's, it's always on your mind, and I'm, I'm lucky to be able to do it. Leon, yeah, man, now I, I have to shut up my wife. not killing him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, if he shuts out his wife, I'm going to be in double trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, huge shout out to my wife, April, who uh, who is really behind the scenes with L3I. Yeah. And, She's what holds us together and keeps us organized and going. And yeah, I mean, for us, this is this is a dream come true. We get to, you know, work in the toy box. We get to design parts that, you know, we get to play with. And we get to actually go shoot guns for testing. It's it, it's hard to beat in many ways. <laughs> That's excuse awesome. to have fun. That's right. Well, and I just want to shout out y'all for coming and spending two hours of your Tuesday night with us and for everything that you do with the loaner program. I think that's a, a great give back that you do for the community and growing the sport. And so huge, huge, huge shout out to that, as well as all the work you're doing with L3I. And then I got a shout out to my husband for ice cream Good and giving me up every Tuesday night to do this. So. Huge shout out to Damien. They have, there's M&Ms in this too. Anyway, 
with that, it's going to be a wrap with our episode 378, and we will see you guys next week. <laughs>